everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bitch Breathe. My name is Ricardia, and first of all, I want to thank everybody for reaching out to me, letting me know how you like the podcast. And so I'm really excited that you're sharing all these thoughts with me. So keep those coming. Today, I want to talk about a subject that I feel like doesn't get an awful lot of attention. It gets attention in a sort of marginal way where it's part of something that's happening, but it doesn't actually get a whole lot of attention when it comes to being a subject by itself. And what I want to talk about is female aggression. And the funny thing is when I told a male friend the other day that this is what my next podcast episode is going to be about, he's like, wait, is there such a thing? So I thought, yes, definitely, we need to talk about female aggression. So for me, it comes in several different forms, and I don't know, countless triggers. But I remember back in 2003, in New York, we were protesting against a war that was about to happen. I think it's around 2003, which was the Iraq War. I remember going to a lot of protests, even taking my son to some of the mom and child protests there, and just being in a constant state of not just anxiety, but rage, and not really knowing where to go with this rage, what form it should take, how could I channel it in a way that was productive. And in fact, that last thing was my main concern. How can I make this into a shape that is acceptable or or productive? Because those seem to be the only ways that rage should express itself in me. And in similar ways, it's the same with aggression at work. You want to look in control. You want to look like you know what you're doing. So you don't really get angry at work, or at least I didn't, I should say. And there were so many different areas where I always came back to, okay, how can I control my rage? How can I put it into a shape that is acceptable? And how can I make it work so that when this conflict, this dispute is over, I come away in a victorious fashion, as opposed to having sort of bled at the battlefield, never to get up again. And at some point, I started to realize, wait a second, this isn't really working for me. Whenever I get angry, or I feel aggression, and (laughs) some of my relatives will tell you, I have had the occasional anger management problem. In fact, I still do. But how do I put this in a way that will work for everybody? Just in that question, I find that just says everything. What does that mean to put it into a shape that suits everybody? What what does that um, mean in terms of getting rid of it, of um, feeling it, of acknowledging it? And I started to realize, you know what, I'm not even giving myself proper permission to be really, really mad, even when it's justified, even when the situation calls for more energy than just like, oh, I'm not very happy with this. You know, it still was very difficult for me. So over the years, and especially in my 40s now, I have come up with a set of tools, not just my own things I've read, things I've learned from other teachers and friends, but I've come up with tools and most of all, maybe a recognition about what rage and female aggression, specifically female aggression, should and is allowed to look like for me. And that's actually the first sort of operative word. First tool, it's allowed. It's allowed to be angry 
it's allowed to be aggressive. For me, it took forever just to give myself permission because I had been raised to de-escalate, to create harmony, and in fact, most of my life, I was very dependent on this harmony. So it's not like everybody was mean and I wasn't allowed to be mad. Mm, that's not what it was. It's more like I felt I should create harmony here because the disharmony is very, very painful for me and I can't really contain it. And a lot of times I felt like my physical body is too small to handle whatever sort of vastness or, or um, size of rage is coming my way, whether it was my own or somebody else's. I needed things to be harmonious. But the truth is that also means you don't allow yourself to be angry, to get loud. And that's the first thing I wanted to say to those of you who are listening, and I often say this to myself, that it's allowed to be angry. It's allowed to be aggressive. There is nobody who can take this away from you. And if they try, and we'll probably get to this a little bit later, then it's allowed to get even a little bit angrier, right? So first tool, permission. Second tool, anger by its very nature wants to be acknowledged. Because in my experience, anger is never the primary emotion. It's the secondary one, at least, right? Underlying it is probably a whole bouquet of emotions. Most of all, it's probably pain. So not to acknowledge pain and the resulting anger means it's going to get stuck somewhere. It's going to fester. It's just going to sit there. And the next time the subject comes up or this person, it's going to have been sort of um, amplified because now you've got the past anger and it's going to accumulate with whatever current anger is going on and whatever future anger we might feel. So just acknowledging, hey, I am really, really mad. I'm really angry and I don't know what to do with myself, right? Just acknowledging it's here and it wants to be dealt with in whatever way that is possible for you. And we'll get to some of those hopefully helpful techniques later. The third tool I would like to mention is that your anger, your aggression can take whatever form it needs to take as long as you're not hurting anybody physically, obviously, and hopefully not verbally, but that's something that can happen. But my priority here is, is that it doesn't have to look like anybody else's anger. It doesn't have to look like Doris Day, and it doesn't have to look like a boxer who's just ready to go into a fight or, you know, Sylvester Stallone in some fight. That's my, that's my idea of, um, of someone getting really pumped and, and, and sort of angering himself up so that they can go and move it into physicality. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's allowed to take whatever shape or form it needs to. And I think that's so important because if we don't let it become the kind of, I want to say, organism that it is at that moment, it's not going to be authentic, right? And I don't mean punch someone in the face. I don't mean name calling. That can happen. I think I'm pretty sure it's happened to me. But that's not what I mean. I mean that it's allowed to be loud and not graceful and um, high-pitched or low-pitched or threatening even, as long as nobody gets hurt, I think it should take 
whatever form is authentic to you. And the fifth tool I want to talk about is it's justified. So even if we're being unfair, and I have been unfair in fights so many times that I don't care to talk about it that much, but what is justified is to feel and become angry. That's okay. It's on the spectrum of human, remember, we're human, emotions, right? So not all emotions are helpful. Not all of them move us forward. And certainly many of them don't have any elegance, right? They just sort of come out unfiltered. And there we are in this huge mess that probably, at least from my own experience, I have to say, was of my own making mostly, because I hadn't said something before, or maybe I didn't let my emotions out before because I was so busy trying to control whatever was going on with me. So it's justified to experience aggression because that's what humans feel. That's some of the emotional spectrum that we experience. And what I find very, very important, this is my next tool, is that it doesn't have to look keep this in mind, ladies, because this is when I came to very late. It doesn't have to look like male aggression. So what I found a lot is that if I was angry, but sort of bit down on it, you know how these a lot of times in movies, men have these biting muscles, and you can see apparently that they're very angry, but they're biting down and you just see these sort of jaw muscles working, and it feels so sexy and aggressive and in control. What, I have to look like that? No, my aggression does not have to look like male aggression. And I thought this was so helpful when I was reading a book, and um, I'll put that in the show notes for you. It's called Invisible Women. It's by Caroline Criado Perez, and it's about exposing data uh, bias in a world designed for men. So you can imagine how angry you might get when you read this, but um, that's not the point. In fact, that's obviously also not the point of the book, but what she kept running into, she says, is that basically the message she was being given was, why can't you be more like a man? And I thought that was so interesting because oftentimes men don't even mean it in a bad way. They're just like, wait, why aren't you showing anger the way I am? Like, look, I just like have a drink with the guys and we talk it out. Or maybe there's some, you know, light punching going on, especially as your young adolescent men, maybe. Like, how come you can't be more like that? And the truth is, we're the other 50%, the other half of the population. We are not a variation of the other 50%. We don't have to be angry the way men are. So when men react to our anger, we don't have to then modify it and put it into a shape that is okay for them, right? It doesn't have to be male anger. In fact, I don't think male anger is very helpful to me. I don't feel like punching people usually. I feel like especially as a mom, I'm hardwired to protect life, not to intimidate it. But um, that could also just be my my uh, female, uh, you know, the way I've been raised is to not be that way. And I'm actually glad because I think female aggression is very, very helpful in many ways, because it comes up rather soon in a situation, I find I often find that we are more seismographic with it. We notice sooner that something's not quite right. And 
So our aggression will be a little bit more subtle maybe at first, but it doesn't have to be, and it certainly doesn't have to be subtle so that it can be more like a man and look more like it's a controlled anger or, um, you know, something that's useful. A lot of times male aggression is considered sexy. In fact, I know sometimes when I fought with my partners, my male partners, um, I thought, oh, he looks really hot right now. I don't even know, is that a Hollywood thing? Or have I just been raised to think that male aggression is productive and cool and he's just going to like go and sit in a really fast car and drive off that emotion? Meanwhile, if I get behind a wheel when I'm that angry, I don't think it's safe for anybody. And not because I can't drive a car, but because it's like, no, I need to go somewhere else with this. So making sure that we don't try to put our anger into a male version so that it can be acceptable to not just men, but everybody, right? Because male anger has received so much more, I want to say camera time or attention, or maybe even respect than female aggression has. So that brings me to my next point, because it often comes up right after a woman gets angry be aware of the word hysteria because this is going to come up as soon as a woman gets louder, as soon as she justifiably becomes angry, someone's going to put that word into the room. And you probably know this, um, hysteria is actually derived from a Greek word and you've heard the word hysterectomy probably, which is the removal of the womb. So hysteria refers to the womb. So very essentially a female organ. And the idea that women are hysterical when they are aggressive is just, I don't know how many times that has exponentially raised my aggression factor. Like as soon as somebody said, why are you screaming so loud? Or why are you being so hysterical? I went stark raving mad because now you're also asking me to put my rage into a way that is okay for you and acceptable. That really, really was not helpful. But the word will come up as soon as we are angry or aggressive in some ways, in some circles. A lot, a lot is happening right now. There's a lot of change going on. I am meeting many men who so don't operate that way anymore, especially in the younger generations, those younger than me who's in her 40s. I've been noticing there's a lot of consciousness there that I could have only wished for when I was an adolescent. I can see it in my son who's in his 20s. I can see it in men who are in their 30s. I can see it in the beau who's also a little bit younger. And it's just so refreshing to know that maybe this tool that I'm mentioning right now, to be aware of the word hysteria, will actually become obsolete. In fact, my hope is that a lot of the things that I'm mentioning today will at some point be recognized as a thing of the past. So then the next tool is actually a saying that you've probably heard many times, and it's called, Hell knows no fury like a woman scorned. I know a lot of women take issue with this idiom because they find it sexist, I agree, and because it makes women look mm, unhinged, right? I don't mind. I like this saying, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I feel you should be prepared 
for my anger, if you don't rub me the right way, if you treat me unjustly, if as a collective, women, any other marginalized group, we feel rage, then we should. And it doesn't have to take on the male form, like I said before. And you should know that I am a formidable enemy for that moment if you decide to go against justice, right? If you do something that in that moment I don't consider is a justified action, I'm going to get angry maybe, right? I'm not going to stay angry, and I'll get to that later, how to sort of calm down again once you've gone to the, to the peak of the, of the beast. But um, the important thing is you should be prepared that I will react and you should be respectful in terms of knowing that I can be an opponent if you decide to go against me in an unjustified way or that I perceive as an unjustified way. That doesn't mean I'm going to rip your head off (laughs) or do a Medusa, but um, it does mean that I will match whatever provocation that came with one that I consider um, equivalent or appropriate in that moment. So hell knows no fury like a woman scorned. Yes, true, because I'm not just going to let you use me as a doormat, right? I will demand respect. It might not always be graceful, but I do want to walk away from here knowing that you have understood the full range of emotion that I am able to give if the situation uh, calls for it, right? That was tool number eight. Tool number nine, tears of rage. How often have I gotten so angry that I would start crying and then I would get so much more angry because I thought, why am I crying now? Why? Of all times, do I have to break down in tears now? I feel like such a girl. And already that's pretty insulting to my own self, right? Like to be like, why are you being such a girl? But the truth is, it's okay to be a girl because women, humans, cry too. And that doesn't mean I've given up in this situation. That doesn't mean I consider myself weaker. That doesn't mean I am weaker, It just means that that is one form that my anger takes and I get really, really um, emotional when I'm angry. I mean, again, anger is a secondary emotion. Underlying it is often a, a different one that speaks of pain, like I was saying earlier. So sometimes I would get so angry that I would start crying and, you know, the whole ugly cry thing, I, I, I had that going on. So now I'm not just angry. I'm also really, really upset and really upset about being upset in this way. But this is the thing. If tears are part of your anger, that's fine. They dry and then you can just deal with the situation. If a person, if the opposite, the person who's in this situation with you makes you feel badly about crying. In fact, this happened to me many times in one of my longer relationships 
where my partner would just say like, why are you crying right now? That's not helpful. It's like, I'm sorry. I didn't just like decide to switch these on. This is not some strategy of manipulation. <laughs> I'm just really upset. So if that happens and somebody doesn't know how to handle the tears, that is not your job to take care of. That is theirs. This is your anger. You have to deal with that and babysit your anger. You don't have to deal with how somebody else perceives your anger and you don't have to deal with their being threatened by tears. Their job. You can step away from the conflict. They can step away from it for a moment to gather themselves. But we don't have to adjust the tears so that somebody else is more um, comfortable with us. And then there's the very, very last tool. After all this has been said, has been done, has been felt, what do we do now? And this one I have struggled with a lot because a lot of times my anger would just sit there and I couldn't get it to go away. Like somebody had treated me bad at, badly at a store, let's say, and then I would have fantasies about what I should have said, what I should have done for the next two days, right? So um, what can we do to sort of move the emotion through the system and eventually evacuate it altogether? And so here's where the yoga and the breathing techniques that I've practiced, well, I've practiced since the 90s, but took very long breaks and, and only returned to all this about 10 years ago, and eventually became a yoga teacher and all that. And so what I sometimes ran into, the misunderstanding was that I have to acknowledge the anger and immediately reroute it. So not even letting it have its full place and sit there for a while, but like, okay, how can I, you know, move this through the system, get it out, breathe it away, you know, yoga asana it away. And the truth is, that was a misunderstanding. You don't have to make it move out of the system right away. But what I asked myself to do, and this was very, very difficult, but again, it's a muscle, it can be trained, is to just sit with it for a moment be uncomfortable, have all this energy inside you and not know what to do with it. Let it be graceless. It doesn't matter. You don't have to sit still and meditate for 15 minutes right now. In fact, that was one of the least helpful things um, I could have done when I was angry. I used to think, oh, if I just meditated enough, I wouldn't get so angry all the time. Not true. Some situations call for anger. And then the resulting situation calls for you to not meditate. So what do you do, however, if you can't sit still, if you're super upset? And the only thing I found that really got me over the first sort of um, hurdle, I then was able to do meditation, do yoga, go for a walk later. But the first thing I did, I turned up the music really loud and I danced. I put my feet into the ground. I stumped. I raged. I, I moved it into all sorts of physical forms. I don't care if you're a talented dancer or not. That's not what this is about. This is about processing and transforming. And I have found no tool to be more transformative when it comes to all the big, uncomfortable, painful emotions. None of them have been better than dancing. And get out that music. I have danced to 
ACDC, I have danced to Sade, I have danced to, I don't know, I'm very eclectic in my music taste, and I just dance to all of them just to move the energy through, because emotion, and therefore anger, is just energy. And there's a lot of it if you can get really, really mad. So you want to find a way to move it through the system so that you don't actually say things that you can't take back anymore. And that you certainly don't get physical with somebody or they get physical with you or you with each other, whichever form it takes. Um, it can be very, very scary for everybody involved when, when people are really angry. So for me, when I know that I, I don't know what to do with myself anymore, I'm about to say something that's really, really horrible. And I have said things that were horrible. And I then take a space. I step back. I put on some music. And I dance. And within just a few minutes, if, it's that, that, if that's what it took, usually it took less, um, I would feel better. I would feel like... I can deal with this person. I can deal with the situation. I have rerouted back into the earth. My feet are on the ground. I'm here, damn it, and I can do this. And that's exactly what the dancing is. It's acknowledging that there's a lot of energy going on right now, and you feel helpless. You feel like you've been treated badly, or maybe you've been really, really evil too. Whatever it is, move it through the system. Get physical. For some people, maybe it's not dancing. Maybe you just want to put on that really great running uh, playlist and go for a run. For me, sports... Um, <laughs> to be honest, they didn't quite do it that way. That just, to me, made me more aggressive uh, in some ways because now I felt like I had a goal. And what I love about dancing is there is no goal. There's nothing to achieve here. There is just you connected to the earth and your very physical side, your body. So when in rage, dance is my, is my main thing. But when the dancing is over when the system has been able to calm down, when the adrenaline and the cortisol and whatever else got ramped up, when that begins to scale down, then maybe it's time to sit and be very, very kind to ourselves because maybe we just totally messed up or maybe somebody totally messed with us. In that moment, that's not our primary concern. The primary concern is to be gentle with ourselves to hold ourselves like you would a very, very angry two-year-old, right? What do they call it? The terrible twos? That's what I feel like when I'm angry. So hold this two-year-old that has behaved badly, if you will, if you want to put that label on it, and let it know that, yeah, that might not have been great, or maybe it was totally justified, and it's totally fine that you acted this way. But now that it's time to calm down to look at what's been done, to make the apologies if that's what the situation calls for, and most of all, to apologize to yourself if you have become very judgmental about your anger. Um, I think that's the main thing because as soon as you allow yourself to be um, flawed, then it's probably hopefully going to be okay for that other person or that situation or the way it has been handled to be flawed also. And just staying with that for a moment, catching a few breaths, maybe extending the exhale, because that's where a lot of the short 
uh, fuse comes from is because we're not exhaling. We just keep catching our breath and spewing more, more words and, and, and anger. So just really prolonging the exhale and staying here for a moment. And I love this monk whose name I can never pronounce properly. He's from Vietnam, a Buddhist monk, and his name is Thich Nhat Hanh. And what I loved about him, what I still love about him, is how gentle he always uh, speaks, like his choice of words and the way he understands human emotion is just very, very gentle. And I learned a lot from him too. Maybe I'll pop that book or one of his books into the show notes also. But taking care of the anger is the most important thing to me because from there, it can feel acknowledged, it can feel seen, and it can move on. So that was it. Whether you're a raging woman or not right now, I hope that going forward, or maybe even as you look at some past situations, one or the other tool is helpful to you. Until then, stay good to yourselves and stay well. Thank you for listening. Bye.